You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, got a little bit of a different episode for you today. Today, we're going to talk about, you know, the mindset and the vision of a championship coach. We're going to talk about some of the habits of a championship coach. We're going to talk about what are championship coaches thinking about? What is their belief system? You know, how does it look in the mind of a championship coach? It's a very interesting conversation. Uh, I definitely want you to take some notes on today's episode for sure, Um, and it's an episode I definitely think you don't want to miss, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 170 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. Man, oh man, I'm, I'm so excited about September Getting ready to ramp it up now with the team. We've we had our, our open tryouts. Every every college, every college in the in in the continent, as far as I know, is, is mandated to have open tryouts to you know to the student body, which completely understandable. Um, this year, unfortunately, no one made it from the open tryouts. You know, it it's tough, and I tell it's one of the hardest conversations you got to have. Sometimes you have, you know, we're we're one of the biggest colleges, if, if not, I always say we're the biggest college in Canada, and you always got so many students trying out for the team, and it's unfortunate when they're at such a disadvantage. You know, they just they uh, they didn't send in video before. Maybe maybe they've only played in high school, and some of them really love the sport. But it's uh, it's tough to make a varsity team at the college level if you have very little you know like playing experience. Um, so yeah, it's always always the hardest conversation is to have a to have with the athlete saying, unfortunately, you know, just your skill level just skill level just isn't there. And I encourage them to play in you know intramurals and other things that the college has to offer, like rec programs. But you know, it is what it is. So we got our team made. Uh, well, the team is the same team as it was prior to trials, but it's okay. We can now move forward. Uh, and yeah, we're getting ready to ramp up our preseason and kind of go from there. Uh, well, first of all, to my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. And to all my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning into another episode where the goal of each podcast is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategy that can take your level, your coaching to another level, as well as your team to another level. And today, I want to, you know, I want to talk about a little bit of nothing tactical today, okay? Nothing tactical in terms of our game, but I think this is a little bit more important than that because I want to talk about, you know, how you got to be, you know, thinking as a head coach. And, you know, I want to, let me just, let me intro this episode by talking a little bit about my past. And, you know, I've, I've been coaching this game, you know, for about 17 years at a high level. And that's nowhere near 30 years, like some of the listeners on here or some of the coaches that I, that I look up to. But, you know, I've, I've grown so much in the 17 years, and I, I want to talk about the the mindset shift and some of the pivotal moments in that growth that has shaped a lot of my vision and a, a lot of my practice. And I think that there can be value in that for you guys. And you know, I did an episode of, like a couple years ago about championship habits, and I want to start talking about championship habits 
and where to go from there. But let me just preface this by saying when I first started coaching, okay? So when I first started coaching, I I was I'm passionate about the sport, you know, I love the sport and you know my my belief as a head coach. And by the way, this episode is for all the head coaches out there or if you're an assistant coach hoping to be a head coach someday. This is going to be this is going to be a really great guide for you in terms of how to start behaving and having that mindset of a head coach more importantly a championship head coach now i i've won championships okay but i've also never won a national championship so i'm not i have never won a national championship in the country yet hoping one day but i i know many people who have and i've had many conversations with those who have some of them are my good friends mentors and i'm going to share with you a lot of what they talk about as well but when I when I was a younger coach, this is this was my practice. This was my mindset. You know, I have I had two to three practices a week. I I planned the practice probably an hour beforehand. I went in, we played, we got better, as far as I know. We went to tournaments, and that was it. And this this pretty much describes 70% of the coaches in this country or in this continent where they're very passionate, they love the sport, don't get me wrong, or else they wouldn't be coaching volleyball, but they're, but the, to the scope of their job is thinking of what they're going to do at practice, okay, going to practice, trying to execute that as best as they can, and then going home, and then attending tournaments or attending games, and then going home, and that's their job, and they've executed their job. Now, that sounds great, and sometimes this, you may be volunteering and you think that that's enough. And if you're happy with that, then that's okay. But it's going to be very, very difficult to win a championship by just doing that. Okay? You just showing up and practicing is not enough. It's not the right mindset. So I um, I really started investing. And, in, you know, I was we weren't winning championships. We, we may have won a tournament here and there. But I started realizing that, you know what, there's a lot more to this than, than, I, than I, I don't know. And I started really dialing back and thinking about what does it take to be a championship coach? I started asking myself that question. What does it take to be a championship coach? So naturally, I, I, I seek to fi- find that answer out. And this is this is part of the entire one of the biggest reasons why I started Digital Volleyball Academy was because I wanted to teach coaches how to create championship programs. That's the whole premise behind Digital Volleyball Academy is that when you enter my world in my academy, I teach you how to create championship programs. And that is what we're doing as coaches. That is what championship coaches do is they create programs. And there's a big difference between showing up and coaching and creating programs. Okay, so a program is a different story than just showing up and coaching, which we're going to get to. So I started looking into seeing how how are we going to build a championship program? How am I going to become a championship head coach? So I don't know if you guys watch sports, but you know when when um there's a lot of when there's training camp practices there's a lot of times where coaches get to be mic'd up and you get to see like inside like the NFL has this the NBA has this where it's like called inside training camp the NBA has had this I don't know if it's still called that where for the entire duration of training camp you kind of have a bird's eye view you don't get to hear everything but you get to see what the players are doing see what the coaches are doing and you know start to see what 
these are kind of, oh, this is different. This, this is something I don't do. And, you know, over a course of a period of time where you start looking at other coaches and seeing what they do, you might start realizing there's a lot more to this than just showing up to practice. I started going into gyms of coaches who have won national championships and uh, having conversations with them and, you know, getting a chance to see what that looks like has been really uh, inspiring. You know, I'm, I'm so fortunate. And this is why I love the podcast because I, I can bring to you guys what I've learned and what I've seen in gyms. You know, I always say that John Sparrow, for example, is my one of my one of my main mentors, good friend, main mentor. And I get a chance to go in UCLA's gym and hear what they're doing, hear the conversations. I get a chance to see what his mindset is, you know, what he does with Team USA. You know, um, Dan Lewis is one of Canada's greatest volleyball minds and arguably one of the greatest volleyball minds in the world. Um, and I'm not saying that lightly because I know a lot of great volleyball minds. And this individual is something special. And I get a chance to have a conversation with him and see what he's doing in his gym and some of the mindset traits and habits that he has. And I can name, I can continue going down the list of naming names and I don't want to do that. That's not my, my intention here. But what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot of similarities with these individuals. There's a lot of similarities of how they think, act, behave, and what their mindset is that we can start adapting to become that next level of ourselves. And that's really what it is. You have to, I, I realized early in my career that me at that moment in time wasn't going to be a championship coach. I wasn't. I didn't have the the resources. I didn't have I didn't have the vision. I didn't even know what I should be looking for to be a championship coach. And I started I, I took my ego aside and I realized that I need to learn how to build a program and I had to learn and I had to ch- I had to change my mindset to be a championship coach. So I was training from the wrong mindset. And I think this is a, a really eye-opener for a lot of coaches out there that are training with the wrong mindset. And it wasn't until I started getting mentors that I started realizing I was training with the, with the wrong mindset. Okay, so the, the first big point here, and I, I'm sorry I'm talking for a long time leading up to this whole thing, is the first big point here is we have to start behaving like championship coaches. So a question I would always ask myself when I'm doing anything with my team, when I'm planning is, would a championship coach do this? And this doesn't have to be straight state, like to volleyball specific. I'm talking about any championship coach, all the greatest coaches in the world. What, what are they doing? How are they thinking? What is their behaviors like? And when, and you know, one of my, one of my mentors always said, the quality of life is the quality of questions you ask. And it's true. The quality of questions you ask can lead to a lot. So I started asking all these questions about, you know, what are, what are they doing? What is their behaviors like? And I started thinking, I started noticing things that I'm not doing that they're doing. So let's start by, let's start from the top. Championship coaches plan. My planning was minimal. My planning was minimal. And I realized that championship coaches sit down and actually plan all of them. All of them have a plan. All of them sit down and seasonal plan. So these are some things you might want to write down, right? I'm just, I'm talking about the habits of a championship coach. They all seasonal plan. 
Every single one of them map out their season and all of them have different types of spreadsheets that they use. And I'm very fortunate enough I got to see all those spreadsheets and they all have similar themes, but they're all different in their own way. But, you know, in Canada, we have a yearly training plan. Um, in the U.S., BRA has a very, a very similar like seasonal plan that's structured out in different ways. And they sit down and they plan out their entire season. When do they want to start working on the fundamentals? When do they want to then transition out of the fundamentals and start working on more gameplay and tactical? When do they start? Want to, when are they going to start doing these things? And many of them have broken it down to a science where they've calculated training hours versus competition hours. Okay, so these are championship coaches. This is what this is how they think. They're very tactical in their approach to seasonal planning. Okay, all of them, all of these coaches have profiles on all of their players. Now that's something that I, I started only doing in the last like five six years is having profiles on all of my players so I can track and monitor their progress as the season goes. Okay, all of these all of these coaches have some form of I call it a volleyball manual. Um, there's lots of names for it, a, hand, a, a volleyball handbook, um, some, kind of, some kind of contract, like whatever it is. All of these coaches have sat down and built out a manual of what their program looks like. And in that manual, there are you know, the pillars of, the, of their program, what their mindset is, player behaviors, policies and procedures of the team, of course. Um, culture is all over that manual. So you sit down. It's kind of like, and you know when you look at companies? I remember John Spraw talking about this where he went and researched some of the top uh, other and other university programs and they went to download their documents, like their volleyball, not their volleyball, but their like athletic documents because you can, most of the um, athletic associations, they have documents you can download just to see what's in it. How did, how did they organize it? How do they compose it? Well, all of these championship coaches all have documents that they like a like a like a manual that they've written out that embodies their program that's that's interesting and it wasn't and this is what i learned actually here's another point i'm going to be spitting out points at you guys left right and center i have a ton of notes on this but i realized when i started doing these things when i started being intentional and i started creating my own manual and i started creating my own seasonal plan and i started creating my own practice plan yes basketball football you know, volleyball, all these amazing head coaches spend time practice planning. And that is something that I did not do as probably half of my coaching life. I never practice plan. And I was putting, I was leaving so much money on the table because let me tell you what practice planning does. The act of practice planning, just to sit down and actually write out a practice plan the act of practice planning, what that does for you is it not only makes your practice more efficient in terms of, you know, players knowing where they need to go, you writing the players down on your practice plan of where that, what drills they're going to be doing and what the teams are going to be when you scrimmage, because you're going to write all that down. All the players' names are going to be on the practice plan, so everyone knows where to go. But the act of planning, I started noticing things and coming to realizations about my team and about certain players that I would have never realized if I didn't actually sit down and start planning practice. So when I started planning practice and doing things, you start making these realizations of things that you never would have realized before. You start coming up with breakthroughs that you would have not realized before. And that in itself, 
that in itself can change can change your program, can change your outlook of your players. Okay, so practice planning is such an important part of our job. Film, which I'm sure many of you know, but all of the championship coaches have an element of film to their programs. Whether they separate players and have different film groups. So they have like, you know, in football, you have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you have a, a coach just for the quarterbacks, you know, things like that. So, and, and then you have different film sessions. You know, in, in volleyball, you could have a middle film session, you could have just a setter film session, and then you could have a, a, like a pins, a left side, right side film session. So, or you can have team film sessions, but film sessions are an important part. I kind of alluded to this, but player development, having a plan for player development. What does that look like for you? Are you thinking about it? Do you have profiles on all your players and having a player development plan for all of them? Okay, these are all ingredients. Now, I, I, I can already hear an objection from many of you is you, you're by yourself. And I'm gonna get to that objection, okay? Give me a sec. I know that many of these championship coaches have nutrition focus. They're making sure that they are pushing nutrition, whether they have a nutritionist on staff. If they don't, they're doing sessions. They're bringing people in to talk to the athletes about nutrition. They're making sure that they're being aware of nutrition. Sleep. They're talking about the importance of sleep. And these programs all expect their athletes to have good sleep. Okay. Another thing that these coaches do, these high-level coaches, is they start surrounding themselves with other high-level people so that they can bounce ideas off of them. They can kind of be creative. They can start getting ideas. They, 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 this is something that is very common uh, in the business world where you, you're networking at conferences or you have like special groups you're part of. In the coaching world, in the volleyball world, it's not as popular, and I'm, I'm surprised it isn't, but it should be. But surround like being and being intentional about this too, like surrounding yourself with other high level coaches. You know, a big part of of what I want to see happen is you know at the higher level having conferences with just college coaches. Like we have, there's conventions and there's symposiums and things like that that happen across. And don't get me wrong, it's important. And there is like. You know, the AVCA convention, which, by the way, I'll be presenting this year. If anyone's interested in attending my session, I'll be presenting it in, um, in Tampa. Looking forward to that. And there are a ton of other conventions that you can go to and, and listen and watch other coaches present on topics and things like that. And those are like conferences. But I'm not talking about that, okay? This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you specifically meeting with a group of coaches on a bi-weekly basis and getting us a chance to talk volleyball, okay? So here's what this would look like. And this is, this is really important. Imagine you had a group of, let's say 10 coaches, okay? And let's say you're an 18U coach. If you were able to have a bi-weekly meeting with 10 other 18U coaches, maybe not in the same league, but maybe in another league or something like that, or maybe they are in the same league, I don't know. And every two weeks, you go and you meet, meet with them via Zoom. You don't have to meet in person. And you guys talk about your wins, your losses. You, it gives you a chance to have hot seats. I don't know if you guys know what a hot seat is, but a hot seat is where you have a specific problem and you want feedback from the group. And you could literally put your problem out there. You could say, hey, I have a player who is not really improving and I, I'm trying to figure out what I can do to help them. Here's some video on this player. What do you guys think? And then you're going to get 
all these different suggestions and opinions from all these other coaches who are at the same level or higher than you are. And that alone can help you help that player become better. So you see what I'm saying? Like just surrounding yourself with other high level people and being intentional about that. Okay. Some other things that I, that um, are common among high level coaches were meditation and visualization. This is something that I, I, I don't personally do, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to look more into it is meditation and visualization, doing different exercises, breathing, like breath work. Um, you know, Taylor Averill, men's middle uh, for Team USA, he, he has a breath, what do, you say, what do you call it? A breath coach or a, a breathing coach? Anyways, it helps him with his breath work. Meditation, yeah, a lot of these high-level coaches meditate, whether that's in the form of yoga or it's in the form of just regular meditation, whatever they go through. Visualization is, is a big thing. It's becoming even more prominent now, just ha ha having the space to visualize, okay? Really, really, you know, all of these things add up. All of these high-level coaches are now making sure that they have social media presence for their program. So whether the, the actual head coach is on social media for as a, as a personal like a profile, or you have a team, uh, Instagram or account like that. And I think that that kind of goes without saying in terms of now, you have to have a form of social media to continue to grow your program. So whether you're a college coach, club coach, high school coach, you have to really push Instagram. It's very important you do, okay? Because that's how you grow the program because all these kids are on Instagram and when you have an Instagram presence, it just kind of brings that notoriety, the, the the brand awareness of your program to the public and it makes it, makes it more attractable to want to go. And believe it or not, but that's, that, that, has, that, has, um, that has merit. Okay. Uh, a lot of these other coaches I talked to as well, these other championship coaches, okay, they, they take care of their physical fitness. So their health, health is such an important part. You know, you have to make sure that you're taking care of your health, both mental health and physical health, by the way. So working out, going for a run, a jog, whatever it is, but when you can start implementing physical fitness into your life, you will become a much better coach. And here are some of the things. And, and you know, there was a period in my life where I stopped being active and I was not focused. My health, did, you know, went down. I gained a lot of weight and it, my, 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 uh, you know, my physical fitness wasn't where, where it needed to be. And, and I was, you know, I, I mean, a little personal information, but I, I wasn't very happy with the way I looked and things like that, you know, and I made it, um, I'm, I, I, I switched it around and I made it a priority to take care of my health and my fitness and you know, going either going to the gym or going in my basement and getting a workout in and whatever that looked like to each of its own, it, it's okay. But what what I started noticing happening, and this is what all these other coaches were telling me, is when you start being more healthy and going for a run or lifting weights or whatever you can, what it does to your mental state of mind is I, it's so hard to even describe. I started get I started having more energy, you know. I, I wasn't as tired all the time. I was more alert. I was I was sharper. I was being I was seeing things better. I was being sharper with my decision making. You know, I was my analytical skills were improving. And I was just and I was genuinely feeling better about myself. And then obviously if you're gonna lose weight or gain muscle, your your physical appearance is gonna start improving and it's gonna give you a little bit of confidence. And all of these things were great. And you know something, and this is something a coach told me. 
Um, but they, they said that when you're working out or going for a run or a walk or being active, some of your best ideals come when you're not thinking about the sport. So like when you're actually physically coaching and practice planning and things like that, you know, that's good. But some of your most creative ideas or your breakthroughs come when you're not doing that. When you are doing some kind of activity Free, giving your mind space to breathe like physical fitness physical fitness when you're running you're you're focused on the run yes and you're doing a great job but you, your mind starts becoming clear and and when you have that headspace you some great ideas come it's kind of like doing yoga meditation things like that you're freeing your mind and some of the, that's how a lot of these creative geniuses get a lot of these ideas is because they they're giving they're allowing themselves to have that space to do that so uh, something that you should consider coaches is start, I know, you know, everyone's goal, everyone's uh, new year's resolution is always to get in shape and something like that, but it's not about getting in shape. It's about making it part of your lifestyle. And when you do, you'll be surprised at how much better you're going to feel about yourself and how much more creative and how much more breakthroughs you're going to have. That's going to help your team and help your, your growth as a volleyball coach. Okay. Um, let's talk about, uh, so all these coaches, I kind of alluded to this earlier. All these coaches have one-on-one -on -one with their players. So make sure they, they have time dedicated at least three times a year. I have it at the beginning, middle, and end where they get a chance to sit down with their players one-on-one -on -one and talk to them, talk, talk, have, you know, have goal setting, talk to them about whatever they want to talk to them about, but you know, give you opportunity for goal setting, opportunity for, to, to give them some, some, uh, some feedback about how they're doing, hear any concerns they have and things like that. So we do it as a team. And something that I've implemented this year, I, I got it from John Spraw and I got it from my wife too. So uh, one of the things Spraw is doing, uh, I think he did start doing it last year, was he he put a big emphasis on relationships with co coaches and players because he has a big roster and he wants to make sure that he's able to have a relationship with each one of his players because he understands as well as I understand that we're in the business of building relationships. And the stronger your relationship is with each individual athlete, the better your program is going to be. And it correlates. It 100% correlates to winning a championship because when your players feel connected, you know, we're in the, the post-COVID era or I don't even know if it's considered post-COVID era. I don't know. I think it is. But regardless, we're in the, we're in the COVID, post-COVID, whatever you want to call it. And connection Connection is so important with our athletes nowadays than it ever has, has been before. Players are looking for a connection and they not they don't just only want a connection with the players, but they want a connection with the coaches. And we need to be more intentional about building those connections and having that with the players. And what it's going to do for you, it's going to create a much better environment for them and the other players as well. So what I what what, what Spra did is Spra has breakfast. He has like a sign up to have breakfast with him. Um, I have I call it uh, coffee with Coach B. Uh, I actually I call it coffee with Coach B brackets or tea. <laughs> and I I just started doing this this season, and I actually just like today actually sent out um, the first sign up for coffee with Coach B because I have a team of of twenty, and I understand that I'm not I might not get to every player. Uh, I might not be able to talk to every player every single practice. And even though, and this is another thing I, I've realized and I've learned from other coaches, even though you always say your door is open, you know, coaches, my door is always open. I'm a phone call away or come see me in my office. Sometimes players don't actually take you up on that because 
there's no, there's nothing intentional about it. It's just there for you. So this idea of, you know, being intentional where I have a spreadsheet and I have times on there and I tell them I've allotted these times for the team. You can pick a time and sign up and have tea or coffee or whatever we end up doing and having a conversation. And I tell them, we can have a conversation about volleyball. We can have a conversation about life. We have a conversation about school. It is entirely up to you. I can lead the conversation and we can start going. We can go, we can take whatever direction you want to take it in. And uh, this is something that I think I have, again, this is my first year trying it, <clears throat> but I, I already, I already get the vibe from the guys that this is something that they're going to take advantage of and use because they, again, it's, it's about the connection. And the truth is, is I, I care about every single one of my players. There's no, no doubt about that, but how can I be there for them? That's where I, I need to show up and I need to help them in any way that I can. And I, I need to be that leader for them because essentially that's what we are. We're, we're the leaders for our, our players. So there's another thing that a lot of these championship coaches, they have, okay? Um, there's a couple, I'm, I'm talking for a little bit longer here, but there's a couple of the other things I, I want to I wanna mention as well. So one of the, one of the, there was a book I was reading, it's called uh, 10X, something about 10X. It was, it was a business book, but I've applied that same philosophy to volleyball. And here's what this means. So I was having a conversation with, with some of our players about developing, okay? And you want to, the goal is always to, you know, 10X your growth. We, we call it 10X your growth. We don't want to just improve a little bit. We want to, we want to, 10x our performance. So if we're at a, if we're at a level one, we want to be at a level ten next season, and it's actually easier to 10x than 2x. So here's what I mean by that. So 2xing means that you're literally doing exactly what you're doing right now, and every year you're getting better. Maybe you focus on one aspect of the game. You focus on you know just passing, and then you're going to become a, a gradually a better player. But how do you how do you as a coach to help your players 10x their growth. Well, it's by changing who they are as a player and focusing on what what can make them grow that fast. So let's talk about what that means. So I was just having a conversation with this player too, like a couple weeks ago about improving. And I said to him, I was like, look, right now you are on this path, this linear path of, of, of growing. You've been growing at the same rate every single time we, we have this conversation. But that rate isn't good enough to play because everyone's growing at that same rate. So how can you 10x your growth instead of just staying at that 2x improvement? Well, we talked about going, you know, figuring out what he's really, really good at and going all in on that. Because if you go all in on what you're really good at, then you're going to be really good at that skill versus going all in on what you're not really good at. So that's not to say that if you're a bad defender, you don't work on your defense. But what's to say is that if you're a really good server, then maybe we go all in on that serve and you make that your your pillar. Like what would I need to do to become like, like so here's, here's, the, here's the mindset shift, okay? The mindset shift is, you know, normally it's what do I need to do to become a better volleyball player? What do I need to do to become a better left side? And we start working on all the skills about to a left side versus what do I need to do to be a better server? That's if that's your main focus and you start shifting your belief to that focus of everything you do is going to try to make you a better server. And that's your mindset. Now think about the type of questions you're going to ask yourself. 
they change. It goes from what do I need to do to start? What do I need to do to be a better left side to what do I need to do to be a better server? It's more intentional. Well, you need to develop your strength. You need to develop your arm swing. You need to, you need to maybe lose uh, lose some body fat. You need to get in the right mindset. You need to be because yeah, serving is the only skill that you're 100 percent responsible for. So you need to, you need to co- overcome all of these things of, of of errors and and mental mental fortitude, and mental skills. Because you know when you go up there and get a serve serving error, that's a lot of mental stress on you. So you go all in on being an amazing server, and you know what's going to happen. Everything, all the other parts of your game will work itself out because you still got to do it in practice, but everything now is dialed into being a better server and you're going all in on that. And that is how you can 10X your growth because you're so focused on, like everybody has, we, I, I call it your unique ability. Every single volleyball player has their unique ability, like what they're really, really, really good at. Like the 20% that makes up the 80% of their game. You know, and that's what we got to focus on. What is going to shift the needle the most in your game? And if that's going to shift the needle the most in your game, that's what you go all in on. So I think we're going to see some great things out of that player. And I've had this conversation with other athletes before too. And that's how they've grown. They focused on what they do special. What's their unique, unique ability and go all in on that and create a situ, an environment where they can become the best server if that's, if that's what the goal is on the team. Because again, that's kind of what we want to do. Okay. So let's just, re- I've talked a lot here and it's probably so many things I'm missing, but these are, these are a lot of the notes that I made. And, you know, I want to, I want to actually, I want to continue talking about a couple other things. So let's talk about other things that championship coaches do. Championship coaches continue to learn. So they are never, ever stopping to learn. They're continuing to learn, okay? And they're making sure that they just just figure out weaknesses in their coaching, understanding that, being open with that, and going and finding solutions. And that's what they do, all right? Now, I, I saved the best for last. I think I forgot a couple other ones, but they may come back to me. I saved the best for last. And here is what all championship coaches do that is another game changer is they build a team around them so that they can execute their vision and tasks and maximize on the 20% that they're good at. So let's talk about what that looks like is as, as you know, everything, here's something that, that I want you to do. And this is a really good exercise. Okay. I want you to, you can you can have it on you can go on an Excel you can create an Excel sheet or a Google sheet or whatever the case is, all right. I'm gonna open up mine here while I got while I have you guys here, and I should already have it open but I don't. And what you're gonna do on this Google sheet is you are gonna have everything that um everything every task okay every task that you do in volleyball or your team needs you to do I want you to write it down. Okay, I want you to write it down. Every single task that you have to do, I want you to write it down. And I want to find this. Um, where is my? Here is mine. Okay. So let me look at my coaching. So oh, here's what I, I want you to write down all the tasks you do for your team. Okay. And then at the, beside that task. Beside those tasks, I want you to go, I want you to create a new column called total time per task. Okay. And then 
I want you to write, and then the next column beside that, um, it's called main thing with a question mark, and you, and you can have yes or no. And then the next column beside that is eliminate, automate, or delegate. Okay, eliminate, automate, or delegate. So think about that. So let me just recap. You're going to create a list of tasks that you do. You're going to put total time per task to the right of that. Then the next column is going to be your main thing, yes or no. And the next column is eliminate, automate, or delegate. Okay, it's a task. It's a task tracker that I got from a, from a mentor of mine. And you are going to literally write every little task you do for your team. And I mean, like, I, I broke it down to the nitty gritty, like, practice plan, attend to practice, drive to practice and back home, emails to and from admin, team meetings, games, film, team one-on-ones, reaching out to players, away games, and the list goes on and on and on and on. You literally list all the things that you do. And then you list the total time it takes you for the task, okay? Total time it takes you for the task, all right? And beside that, I want you to fit, okay, so you, you and I guess before you you um, you talk about the main thing is you have to figure out what is, the, what is your main thing that you're trying to get done this season, okay? So is that to win a championship? Okay, that's that could be a main thing. Is that to win 10 games? Is that to come first in the conference? Is your main thing to, uh, you know, create an experience for your players and you're not really focused on winning, but rather you're focused on maybe developing is your, is your main, maybe you have different main things during the course of uh, the season, maybe in the first three months, there's a main thing and then the second three months is the main thing. So you have to write down all the things that you do and your list could be forever. There could be so many things you do. A phone call to a parent, a phone call to an athlete, you know, um, anything volleyball related, researching things online, if that's what you do. When you have a question, you Google it, like everything. And then, and then under the main thing column, your list of tasks, whatever your main thing is, you have to ask yourself, is that leading to them? Is that helping the main thing? So if my goal is to win a practice, win a championship, then practice planning is yes, it's, it's helping the main thing. Okay. Attending practice, of course, that's helping the main thing. Right, and I'll keep going down and down and down the list until, uh, like, emails to admin, to and from admin. Is that adding to the main thing? No, that's not really adding to the main thing, the emails and emails from to an admin. And, and we keep going. And then what you're going to do is after you, you, you realize what's the main thing, what's not, you're going to see what you can eliminate, what you can automate, and what you can delegate. And this is where championship coaches can start freeing up time in their lives and start really making the best out of the situation they have. So <clears throat> before I get into something else, I know the number one objection I always get here is, well, I don't have an assistant coach. I don't have people that can help me with this. I'm by myself. And for that, I have two answers for you. I, and, I, and you might've heard me talk about this before, but let me talk to my high school coaches first. High school coaches, you have several students in your school who may want volunteer hours, who may just want to be a part of a team. All it takes is one announcement saying you're looking for volunteers to help out with the volleyball team. It's an amazing experience. You're going to get this out of it, that out of it. Can't wait to see who's interested and see how many people show up. 
And that's where you start. You start with all the players that are, you, all the helpers you can get. Okay. Um, and I'm talking about like the nitty gritty tasks that you have. You're going to start seeing things start opening up. Then if you're a club coach, club coaches, you have parents. Parents are always willing to help. You can have, you have your friends, you have other players and other teams in the club that may want to help out. You can find people to help out. So when you do this task tracker and you see all the lists, the next thing you want to do is anything that doesn't add to the main thing that you can delegate, you do. Or anything that takes away from what you your unique ability is. Remember I talked about the unique ability. You figure out what are you good at and how can everyone support what you're good at. So here, here are some things that you could think about. And I'll, I'm going to I'm gonna use a high school example because this is something that a lot of coaches can relate to. Well, <clears throat> my biggest goal as a high school coach is going to be to develop. That's going to be my main thing. My main thing is going to be to develop our players. Now, what do I need to do to do that? Well, I need to, I need to film our practices. I need to be able to give feedback to our athletes in practice. I need to be able to teach our athletes in practice. I need to be able to stat our athletes in practice so that we can measure their performance. Now, if I did that on my own, I would have a, I would have a really big problem. So that's where the volunteers come in. So I have a volunteer that stats my players in practice, and I show them how to do it, how to rate their passing, for example. I have a volunteer who films our practices. I have volunteers who are now targets in practices for when we do drills, so I don't have to be a target. Because if I'm a target, then all of a sudden, I can't give feedback as much as I need to be because I need to be a target. So I am a coach by myself in high school when I do do my high school team, but because I figured out a way to get volunteers to help, that's I'm building my coaching team around my players so I could focus on the main thing. And the main thing for me is developing my players. So all the tasks associated with developing my players, I go through and I see what I can delegate out. And when I'm able to do this now, think about the difference of me doing that versus me doing it on my own. Because now when I'm delegating this, I'm now having a film, film, a person film for me, a person doing stats and targets. So I can go back after, I can take a look at the film. I can go back after, I can take a look at the stats and I can then continue to push my vision forward based on all the support that I have around me. And we could take this to a step further. You could have your, you could get more volunteers to help break down the film for you, to isolate clips for you that you may wanna see. You can get your volunteers to make charts and do things so you can see the stats in practice. Versus I, have st- I have someone taking stats from me in games as well. So when you start figuring out how to delegate certain tasks that so that you could focus on your, because I need to focus on giving feedback to develop our players. That's what I can't be in my, my head can't be in an iPad. And now we're going to start seeing amazing things happen. The development is now going to be way, way, way better because now I'm being more intentional and I can actually focus on the players during practice versus, you know, filming them and doing stats on an iPad, et cetera. I can actually give them feedback. So my attention is where it needs to be. Now, at the college level, okay, I have a staff of four assistant coaches, a manager, and I have a staff of what, four, five, six? I'm able to do a little bit more. Actually, I have a staff of seven now that I think about it because I brought someone else on. And everyone has their jobs because I, I go through the task tracker again. I list all the tasks associated with my program. 
and I start figuring out what are the ones that are adding to the main things. Now, my main thing changes over the course of a season. The main thing in the preseason is to develop, 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 develop. After preseason goes, the main thing is to win. And I need to, so I, so the questions change because in the preseason, develop, develop, develop. What are we going to do to develop our players? Well, in the, in the, when, the, when that changes to win, that's like, what do I need to do to win now? So your intentions change and how your team supports you is going to change because your intentions are going to change. But without a team, you cannot be a championship coach by yourself. It's impossible. And if you do do it, you're one in a million. But in order to really be, and what's going to happen as well, as I talked about this earlier, is having that, that freedom to be able to be creative. When you're not focused on doing everything, your mind is going to be so much more free that you're going to start being able to think and start making breakthroughs that you wouldn't have made if you had to do everything. Because you're more aware and your mind is more open to what you need to do to be that championship coach. Okay, so... I, I talked for a lot here, and uh, I, this is a bit of this is a longer episode, but it's so important to shift that mindset so that you can become the ultimate championship coach that you can be. And without doing some of the stuff we talked about, you know, it's it's going to be tough. And by the way, this is the same thing for you. You can apply this task tracker to your home life. It's actually a really good exercise. Um, I I think I call, I call it a time audit. A time audit where you, you you track and monitor your time. Like you should do this over a week. Over a week, list every single thing you do in a week, and then put the amount of time allotted to that. And then ask yourself, does it add to my main thing? So, like my family life, for example, my family life is I love going on vacation with with the, with the family. I feel like we are at our best when it's just us four on vacation, where there's no there's no distractions. There's no like oh we got to clean this, we got to do laundry. It's no it's just us. So my main thing is to go out on vacation with my family. So when I'm at home and when I'm working and things like that, sometimes when I do this task tracker, I look and I'm like, what is adding to my main thing? And what can I eliminate, delegate, or automate? And you'll be surprised when you start asking yourself, again, remember the quality of life is the quality of questions you ask. When you start asking yourself these questions, you're gonna start, you're gonna start changing your mindset and you're, you're gonna start changing the way you do things so that you can create more freedom to do what you wanna do. And believe it or not, that's like the secret to, to like having a, a free life. <laughs> I, I, now I'm sounding philosophical. Now I'm sounding like a therapist, but really I'm not. But it, it's something that I've, I've found and I've grown into being this person now that I am. And I'm, I'm continuing to grow. You, you reflect every year and you grow as a person and things change. But because I'm now more aware and I've surrounded myself with amazing people, I can start seeing what's important and what's not important. And sometimes, coaches, you're going to have to say no to things. Because for, because for every yes you say, you're saying no to something else. So you're going to have to say no to things so you can focus on your unique ability to make your team, to take your team to the next level, to make your life better, to have more time with your family or whatever you want to do that's your like. Maybe you, you're, you're into basketball. You want to play basketball. Well, you get more time for that now based on coming up with these systems and places. All right. <clears throat> okay, let's do a real quick recap. Talked a lot here. So we have mindset and vision of a championship coach. We talked about championship habits looking and seeing what championship coach is doing, acting in the right mindset of a championship coach, behaving like a championship coach, not behaving like a 10th seed coach, behaving like a championship coach, okay? And if you're training from the wrong mindset and you've already told yourself you're not a championship coach, then there's no way you're going to be one. So we have to start acting like that. And we ask ourselves, what are championship coaches doing? 
championship coaches are doing their planning. They're planning their season. They're planning their practices. We talked about what that does for you when the, the act of planning can create breakthroughs in itself. You know, our championship coaches are having training camp. Our championship coaches are assessing film. They're having a development focus in their program by developing their players. They have a strength training program. They're focusing on nutrition. They have, like I said, seasonal plan, surrounding themselves with other high-level coaches, visualization, meditation, understanding the importance of social media, taking care of their physical fitness, which I know we don't want to hear, but it's so important that you do that because you won't believe how much of a more happier, more clear-minded individual you'd be when you start fo- when you start actually being intentional about your physical fitness and taking that seriously. One-on-one with players. Um, I talked about my coffee with Coach B or, or T and other other coaches that have done something similar. Um, you know, uh, and then we we talked about the, your unique ability, figuring out what your unique ability is, and going all in on that. Um, we talked about the 10x, not 2x. So not 2xing your growth, but rather 10xing your growth. Uh, and then we talked about the task tracker. So. Figuring out, and it's it's, a, it's, a, it's like a time audit, task track, whatever you want to call it. But basically, it's what we described. It's realizing, you know, everything you do that volleyball, anything that has to do with your volleyball coaching, you write it down and you see all the time and it's going to that. And then what is, is it, is it adding to your main thing? Is it, is it, is it going towards your main thing? And your main thing can change over the course of a season. And then obviously at the end, delegate, automate, or eliminate. What can you do? And you start doing some of these things, coaches. I guarantee you, it's gonna change. It's gonna change your life. It's gonna make you a better coach, a better human being, a better person, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you're gonna be much happier. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, and the last thing I talked about is, it built, is building a team, building a team around your vision. And it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't when you think about it. You can figure out a way to get that done, okay? even if it's one person. It's still better than nothing. Okay. All right. I hope this episode got, you got, you got you know, I hope it resonated with you guys a little bit. It's a little bit more of a like a wishy washy episode, more more mindset stuff. Uh, but honestly, there this is so important, especially in in 2023. We're all you know connection is so important, and 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 coming from the right mindset is is a big part of being a championship coach, and having that mindset is is huge. Um, for those of you that want to, you want to talk more about this, you want to get more information, you want to see a little bit more behinds in in, in the terms of what championship coaches are doing. Uh, Digital Volleyball Academy has all this stuff that I talked about today. And I, and again, like I, I show coaches how to build championship programs. That's what I, that's what I do. That's what my specialty is, is showing coaches how to build these successful programs because I, I learned the hard way. And frankly, um, it's something that I spent a lot of time working with other coaches and trying to master. So you can head over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and find more information and links are also in the show notes. All right. Okay. That's it for me. A little bit of a longer one today for you guys, uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you, as always, man, reach out, you can find me on Instagram, Brian Sting underscore coach B if you have any questions or anything like that, reach out. I'm, I'm always available to, to talk volleyball. <laughs> uh, that's it. All right. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the volleyball by design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.